This is a HeadGum Podcast. Oh, and if you're wondering where uh, James III is, James's phone is not working. <laughs> yeah. So he can't call him. Literally for an hour, we've been trying to get him on the phone. It's because this dude doesn't pay his cell phone bill. <laughs> How you going to swindle him like that? Are you going to swindle him like that? This dude wakes up late. Don't know where he is. Uh, he's got a broke <laughs> cell phone company. Yeah, I love that. A cheap phone. And so when he called, we couldn't hear him. Nope. So that's it. I mean... We tried. We tried. He's not here. Uh, we, <laughs> we tried. And he's mad about it, but it's honestly nobody's fault except for him, himself. Yeah. We, we did everything we could do on our end. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's not our fault. He's in L.A. and just, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but these, are, I mean, guys, we, I feel like we, I want to review The Darkest the Darkest Minds, but I don't know if we'll ever get to it. And Skyscraper, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, at one I point, still... I definitely want to... Well, you know what it is? Um, not saying you only can pick one Amandala movie, but she's the lead of, uh, you know, Monster Ones, but she has a movie that, like, we have to... We got to review. The Hate You Give, which is based on another book. Oh, I just saw the trailer for yeah, that. Yeah, like, she's the lead of that. Uh, I mean, that's the one... Like, not saying you have to pick one YA book to do right but if you had to that's the one we got this is what i wanted to talk about i'm sorry it took so long for for me to get here but the have you noticed that there are so many movies and shows and stuff where like the main plot one of the main plot points is police like shooting yeah on a black man yep it's like so Mm -hmm. in our culture that like everybody's like doing a something about it we get to when we talk about this movie because I, I I feel I feel a strong kind of way about it, and I also felt some way in real life where I get that it happens, but also for some reason I feel like it's a little bit of awareness, which is dope, but it almost feels like you're you're normalizing it, you're making it like right. I feel like people aren't. If you saw a video to, like if we were right here right now and like a message popped up on CNN and there was another black dude getting gunned down, yeah, I feel like we're. I feel like we're desensitized to it a little bit. I think we yeah. we feel feel pity, but it's like fuck, again. Yeah. It's like again? it's like a too extreme. It's like it's like there's like some there's like this hyper awareness now. And before it was you know, we were just blind spotting to it. Wait, what? And and we're trying to meet somewhere in the middle. You know, it's no. like that's not like I don't like I don't want it like I want I want the aware I you know, I want I don't want to I don't want it to be everywhere, but I also don't want to be blind. Spotting too, you know. I don't. I thought we, I thought we were having like a real conversation. Well, we are. Like, I just don't want it. You know, I don't. I don't want the other end. Did you? I thought we were really doing a thing, and then like as I'm listening to you talk about a real topic, you just did that corny ass <laughs> segue. That that would just is that what just happened to me right now? It was blind spotting. Okay, just, just start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James 
Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Oh man, I would do James's one, but it makes me sad because it's like it's definitely gunshots. some gunshots. It'd be gunshots, and I don't want to do it. Let's get a moment of silence instead. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Listen, my name is Jonathan Braylock. I'm Dry Milligan, and James the Third isn't here. But if he was here, you wouldn't have heard his name. Nope. Now, if you're listening to this for the first time, welcome. Oh, yeah. We are a film review podcast. We review the films of leading black actors and talk about them in the context of race. And Damn right. Oh, okay. He's just going to interrupt I was trying to. I was trying to help you. Got it. Uh, and diversity in Hollywood. Hell, yeah. And we have been doing this for quite some time. Uh, today, we are reviewing the film Blind Spotting. Yup. Blind spotting. When you see it twice, but you got a blind spot so you can't see on the sides. Is that what she said? I don't remember. Nope. Uh, and then <laughs> this film stars David Diggs from Hamilton fame. Did you ever see Hamilton? No. I saw it three times. Uh, you the, saw it three times? Yeah, three. Okay. And this film was also written. <laughs> with him? With David? Like with the original cast too? I saw it twice with the original cast. Uh, this film also stars... Damn. Rafael Casal, who is also the co-writer of the script with David Diggs, and co-producer, everything. His uh, first uh, movie role, first feature feature film. This dude's gonna blow up after this. And uh, if and and the uh, cast is unknown. There, there's no right. There's no famous people in this cast at all. No, not not one. The only person who's in it is Newman. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Newman's in it. Newman. Also, if you're like, I used to obsess over this show um, called The League that was on uh, FX. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, his, the, the love entrance for David in this movie, um, Janina, she used to, <laughs> they used to like compete on, it was a football show where like it was about fantasy football. They used to yeah. compete for the Shiva, the Shiva, which was like this trophy. It's like a bunch of, it was like Nick Crow. Yeah, it was and a like, bunch of white dudes. Yeah. But the thing is, Paul the Shiva. Shiva was based on one of their friends from high school. And this woman, Janina, was the real life Shiva. <laughs> Which also, low key, now I'm realizing it, is mad racist. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, so, yeah, this is an indie film. We sometimes don't do films that have such a limited release, but we just had to. We had to review this one. Uh, it's been out for three weeks. It's. Uh, estimated to have made around three point five million dollars so far, uh, or three point actually three point two. I'm not sure how much um, it costs to make. I don't have any. Can't be. That couldn't much. find. I mean, it couldn't be that much. I think it. I think it premiered at Sundance, right? Yeah, it premiered at Sundance, and that's where all the hype started. And might have opened Sundance as a matter of fact. But the the reviews for it are pretty great. Uh, let me see exactly what it has. It has 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. Um, and what else to say? I mean, that's, you know, it, you, you have these, you have a bunch of these uh, indie films uh, doing, you know, getting a lot of buzz. Um, I and this say, is one of them, yeah, you know? I, I we we just Sorry I'm to Bother happy. You. Yeah, which is great. Think about that. Yeah. The, to go from Sorry to Bother You to this mm-hmm. to, like, I guess, you know, Black Klansman, which I understand isn't an indie, but 
I mean, technically, yeah, Monkey Bone is. and one producer. It kind of is, right? Yeah, like, Monkey Bone did it. I, I, it's, it's just like so cool. A, I think India is just like not a major uh, film studio. Studios yeah. Doing. So I'm like, yo, to have three of those things come out in like, what, two and a half months of each other? All three different types of movies? Yeah. That kind of talk about the same thing a little bit. It's very fascinating to me. It's like, yeah, you can talk about the thing and have different angles of it. Uh, yeah, this one, this one is so hyped. I saw this movie in an all-white theater again. How? Where are you going? I went to Lincoln Center, bro. I oh, went to yeah. Lincoln, Center. I mean, Lincoln Center. But it was young. It was young. Young. I was next to like two young white women. And when I say they were on an emotional roller coaster the whole movie. Mm. Like, you know what? I, I dare somebody to cut their lip and say black people are the only ones who scream at theaters. Because these white girls, when they're ah, no. Mm, I'm like, okay. It's Uh-oh. not just, it's not just, it ain't just us. It ain't just us. You want to go first? Cause I... uh, yes, sure. Okay. So, blind spotting. Initial thoughts, John. Initial thoughts. Uh, I love David Diggs. Mm-hmm. So, I was excited to see this film. I remember seeing the trailer, and I wasn't so thrilled by the trailer. Because the trailer actually made, if you go and watch, tra- oh, by the way, if you're listening to this for the first time, we will spoil the movie. Spoil it, baby. So... <laughs> Uh, if you haven't seen the film and are planning on seeing it, please uh, pause and go watch it and then come back and listen. Um, otherwise, uh, continue. Continue on. So, yeah, the, f- the trailer of the movie is... Uh, it, I, I feels like it, it focuses on the fact that he witnessed this shooting. And I thought it was about, like, he witnessed this police shooting and then, like, He's not. He's trying to like stay, you know, keep his name clear because he's on parole and he uh, just wants to survive the f- the last few days that he's on parole. Um, and it was almost like a horror, almost like you know. They, I feel like they used the they. Sh- you saw a lot of the shots where there was the shot of him like screaming in the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this movie wasn't really that. Which I, which was great for me. Like it was. Yeah, that was cool. I liked that. I liked that the movie. That that was a that was a a central plot point in the movie, but it wasn't the whole movie. And like the the movie, it's actually about these two friends and their relationship and their journey, like where they're heading in life. Um, how society treats them how the gentrification of their neighborhood is making each of them feel and also the choices that they want to make and where they want to go the directions that they want to head so that was really great great okay i'm dancing around i love this (laughs) okay i see how you feel about it (laughs) I, i thought it was really really good i thought uh the performances were superb um I really like David Diggs, uh, but I guess just because I was seeing him for the first time, uh, Raphael was like was so great. I just yeah. thought he like really nailed this character. Who I mean, it may be very close to who he is or or a part of who he was, and this movie sh- like show- showcasing that transformation that happened in his own life. It's possible because he co-wrote this. Um, either way, my. Uh, I have a cousin who lives in San Francisco, so the Bay Area, like close to Oakland, and uh, he is oh my god, 
almost exactly like this dude. Oh, for real? Yes. Because he's like, like from my mom's side of the family, so he's white. And, but he like, same, like talks exactly the same way. Oh. He, he, his, he had, uh, his, his wife is uh, black. You know, he has a biracial son. Um, he uh, like has the same contempt for all of the, you know, tech people coming in to the Bay Area, <laughs> uh, how much San Francisco is changing. He has a contempt for the police, you know, and I'm almost positive he owns a gun. Um, so it was like, like all of this stuff, I was just like, oh my God, this is so real. Like this is so, so real. And I really liked how they, I really liked how they humanized him. I liked how they humanized David. I liked how they humanized everybody felt everybody had a character like a like every it felt to me like everyone had a full rich deep character there was no character that was just like servicing the plot you yeah, know what i mean I agree with that. like even with the even the women like the you know the uh david's ex girlfriend like she wow. one's way she was one way you know Raphael's wife she was another way you know what i mean like and they didn't seem they were like they were different, even though they both had conflicts with their respective partners at certain points in the movie. Their characters were different. The way that they came off were different. You know what I mean? Like they just had a different feel to them. Um, and then even the police officer, you know, they um, they like. It's really easy to just be like, "This is just a horrible," per-. and he is still right, like a horrible person within the world of the movie. But they showed like. They showed basically how they showed that fact that he was a coward, you know, and yeah. using force because of his just racist, racist fear that he had, essentially. Um, so, and the rapping was cool. I thought, you know, that was used moderately enough so that it wasn't too much. Um, and the damn, that little girl was really cute. <laughs> Little girl, little girl. Raphael's daughter. Uh, Son. Or was it? It was a boy. Was it a boy? I think so. I could be wrong. I thought it was a boy. I thought it was a girl. Um, Still a cute kid, either way. I guess we won't determine gender. Uh, Oh, and uh, Taisha Campbell. (laughs) So random. (laughs) So utterly random. So that was a weird, funny scene. Uh, Yeah, anyway. That, that's how I felt. I really, I really liked it, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, man. I thought it was a good movie, but I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't really, ah! I, I don't like it. Uh, I get the thing is again, like I, I, got, I promise, I, I, I've been thinking about this after watching it. Midway through the movie, I was like, I don't like this. It was, a, it was like there was a thing, and I was like, okay, hopefully it can get over. Towards the end, I was like, I, I did get a little bit. Um, You're right. I think it. I think that was a boy. I think it is. Uh, uh, I, you know what it is. Um, I definitely think this movie is like close to David and Raphael, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But something about it, and it's just, and again, I the movie's the movie is a good movie. It mm-hmm. just it came off for me unauthentic, and I know that's not mm. what they were going for. I, I get it, and the thing is, I thought Raphael was hands down like my favorite part of this movie. Mm-hmm. 
I do think I, they, they were trying to touch on a lot of topics. They're talking, you know, about police brutality. They're talking about gentrification. Also, the thing with Raphael talking about being like a white dude in the hood and what that's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversation about whether or not to call him the N word at the end came out of nowhere, but I kind of understand where that comes from because one of my best friends is white, and I slip up and call him nigga all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've done it, and I've been trying to be conscious of it now. I think, I think my main issue might be with David. Hmm. I think I, and the thing is, and his performance is good, but something about it. Okay, remember how we were talking about uh, uh, Superfly? And Superfly was a good movie, but Trevor felt too young for that part, right? Right. But his performance was still good in the part. Like, for some reason, David in this part, yeah, I get he's from the Bay. I get he's from the area. But something, the way, I don't know. It's something about how he presented it. Like, I definitely could tell he was putting in the work for this part. But something about, something about him in the part wasn't believable for me. It just felt like, because even if you're not the hard dude in the hood, there's a weight of the hood on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I guess he had that, at, he had it at points, but for some reason for a lot of the movie, I was like, this, it, something wasn't connecting for me in particular. But I, again, like the movie was good. It's just, it was hard for me to watch because they did everything right. They had a movie, like you said, John, like I love that the movie wasn't about him witnessing, uh, it wasn't solely about him witnessing um, police brutality, right? And I love that that wasn't the topic, just even in the conversation, because it is now normalized. At least it's always been for African Americans who come from a certain area, mm-hmm. even if you don't. So I'm happy it was addressed like that. I'm happy that that there was comedy throughout the movie because that's how it would be with your boys. You know what I'm saying? Like something bad will happen, and then someone's gonna crack a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the directing was good, but this just something like I love the shots of like their homeboy who uh, who also was a Lyft, I mean Uber driver. Like every time oh that dude showed up, I just oh thought it was hilarious. God, that was it's just amazing. And the thing is, sucks because I'm not even saying they needed to have, they needed to have picked one thing. So hopefully during this podcast, I can figure out why I don't like it. it just mm-hmm. it didn't ah uh, ah. Uh, and this is not why people praising it. It didn't feel ah. Uh, I don't say it didn't feel honest. I'm sorry. I know it probably was to them. It it, it probably is, but for some reason, it just didn't. Are you saying it, that you didn't believe? That David would be going through the things that he was going through in the movie. It just his, it you know it was it wasn't it felt like he did everything right, but I didn't believe. This ah, this is what it is, and this is so dumb because it is a movie and it's a performance. I felt like I was watching a performance. I felt I felt like mm. I was watching him perform for me. I, and then when they did the rapping portion. Like, I think the part that I dislike the most about the movie is the part people love, well, probably will love about the movie. His rap monologue at the end with the cop, I did something I probably never have done in a movie, and I'm happy no one was with me. I audibly grunted, and I felt myself looking sideways at it. And I've never, and the thing is, like, and, and, and it's, and it, right, right, right. And it's, 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 I get it, so I'm not trying to diss it. It just wasn't, it just, that just wasn't for me. I was like, Right. Literally, literally, you, and my mind was like, "Nigga, what?" Like it. I frowned and I looked. I re, I remember feeling my head turn sideways and being like, "What the?" F-? I remember it, dude. I remember mm-hmm. it, and I know that wasn't the action because he was he was performing his ass off. Like I'm not right. He had to. But tears. you want, But it was like it's a heightened. It is a. It is a. It's not. It's non realism at that point. Yeah, and, and the thing is, and I get it. I, I get it. Right. Like, but for some reason, it just. That made that scene unrealistic to me because everyone but 
and it, it get, I totally get it was written that way. But the cop was playing it real. Like, was it Raphael was playing that shit real? And I and so was David, but the rapping, and then also yeah, how he was, and also how he was handling theater. the gun. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand his character wasn't the one who handled the gun, but right. like, you closing your eyes. This cop has already reached for his gun. This cop has already killed the black dude before. And I'm like, you, you're closing your eyes. You're like, you would, he would, being that angry at somebody, there was so much carelessness. And maybe I'm, I'm clearly overanalyzing it, but it was just something that immediately stood out to me. I'm like, this is care, everything you're doing in this scene is careless to a person who would kill you. Who a person who, one, you're terrified of and you're angry at. It just felt very. I think it's fair to say that it's pretty careless to point a gun at a police no, officer no, no, in their own home. True, no, true. That, right. that part in itself is, but I'm like, if you're going to do that, we have now officially crossed the line, and I'm not closing my eyes multiple times, and I'm not. Like, he literally had points where. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that he's, he's, he is in a careless state. Like, he's. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, he's no, doing right. things that don't make like it, 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 it. He's doing things that don't make sense, but he's also rapping, which isn't real. Like he wouldn't rap in real life. Like no, that, it, it, yeah. So it's it it's just a, it's a poetic thing that he's doing, which and that's who David is. I no, mean, which makes yeah. sense. But I guess in my mind, I'm like, if we're gonna do that, then we should have been rapping. And I guess they kind of every yeah, now he they, was trying right, to, he was, yeah. but he wasn't like the best. The white dude was the best at it. I'm like, if we're gonna have this full on rap at the end. Them. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go through it. Let's go through it. Oh uh, man, too bad. I hate. The thing is, too bad James is. <laughs> I know because I know he James. Just so everyone knows, James said he likes this movie, and I do not want to bash this movie. <laughs> I want people to know I don't like it, and but it's not. It's not for anyone's fault. Like you know what I'm saying? It's just a movie that just didn't reach me in the right way. Right. Uh. uh it wasn't your style. It, well, it wasn't even that, dude. It was. It, I didn't even mind the rapping, bro. Mm. Like, it wasn't even that. It's just something about it felt, and I get that from the Bay. Like, I, I'm reading this article right now, and David Diggs um, lived four blocks away um, from, from uh, uh, oh, my God. Oh, no. Uh, from where, oh, here we go. Um, from where Oscar Grant um, was murdered in 2009. Basically, Fruitvale Station, if you know Oscar Grant stories. He was like, he lived four blocks away. So I can, t- like, I know this is real for him, but for some reason, I think it was the performance, man. I think it. At the end, I could definitely see in his eyes everything that was affecting him. But for some reason, it just—I don't know, man. It just didn't connect I, for me. Just for me, like I, don't, yeah. So, so this movie start. I mean, uh, okay. There's so many things I do really like about this film, and the directing I really love too. We're, we're going to talk about that. The film essentially starts with. Uh, we see that he has three days left on his parole, right? Like, there's, like, a title card about that. Yeah. They're in Oakland. He, uh, man, I can't remember the exact beginning of this film. Like, does it start with him running? Does it start it, with, it, like, the... It, 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 start, it starts, yeah. Um, first day on parole, it's him running, and, um, you know, then he goes through the routine of picking up his boy. Yeah, like, he, he has a routine of, like, he wakes up at, like, 625. Uh, he jogs... Uh, through, like, uh, a graveyard in, in, like, a park. Um, he picks up uh, his boy, Raphael, Ooh. who has, you know, uh, he has a son, has a wife. Um, they work at a moving company. And Colin and Miles. I love the name Miles. And they're already, like, talking about 
how gentrified this area is. So they have this fun. <laughs> I mean, there were so many moments where I was laughing out loud. Like, like I know this is kind of a little bit out of order, but they they go into the bodega and they're like, and then oh, the they're like looking and then he like sees green juice and he's like, "The hell is this?" And he's like, "Green juice." And he's like, "What? Why you have this in here?" It's like, "No, man, people like it. It's healthy. It's good for you." And then David's like, "All right, I'll take it. How, how much is it?" And he's like, ten bucks." And they both are like, ten bucks? Yeah. What is in here? The blood of Christ? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, yeah. Like, that's how it starts. It really yeah. does. Like, yeah. that's how it starts. It's like just small things like, oh, we're going to have $10 green juices in here now. Like, And that's a corner. Instead of like the dollar tea. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I did, I did, I did really like the elder stuff. You know, ah, uh, okay, now I get it. Like, I think I love the gentrification stuff. And, like, where I grew up in D.C. is completely gentrified, which now Chocolate City is now not Chocolate City, right? That's one of the jokes that, like, people have. Um, and I think this movie touches on, like, they touch on gentrification, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like we don't make a statement on any of the things we touch on. Like, we don't, which I get it. Like, they leave everything open-ended. Like, it's, they kind of say gentrification is bad, but it's happening they kind of say police brutality is bad, but they don't give you like an answer how to solve it or anything, which I get is hard to, you don't want to tell people, you don't want to give people an answer, you want them to kind of be on it on their own. But for some reason, I felt like if you're going to touch on all these issues, you needed to have make, you needed to say how you felt. Like I was curious to know, for instance, exactly how the movie as it ended felt about justification. Like, is it is it still bad? Because the V kind of was like, cool with it a little bit. Well, I think the thing that he, I think what it was trying to say, so you had Raphael's character who, uh, he, and he's, and he is ostensibly white for this, in this film. And he, his character is like, he hates that this is happening. And he talks about it all the time. He taught, he hates that there's, these juice. He hates all the hipsters. Like he keeps making jokes about it. Um, he hates that this gentrification is happening. And David, like, is like like mildly agreeing with him, but at times he's like. But then the David like gets the green juice, and he's like, you know, not eating. Oh, I'm sorry. This film started with them in the car. That's what this film started with. Did it? Yes, the film started with the film started with them in the car. It was like it was like David in the back. Yes, uh, it started with the, the front, started with the, the white dude in the front, and they, and they, uh, yeah, they're just there, and and they're like they're smoking, and they're just driving. And then at some point, he goes, whoa, is this a gun? And he, like, pulls out a gun. And, like, he's like, oh, yeah, man. And then Davide's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, let me out the car. Like, I, I only got three days left on my parole. Like, I'm not being in this car. And then all of a sudden, like, this comedy scene happens where they just keep pulling out guns. And at a certain yeah. point, there are, like, six, like, all three of them are holding two guns in yeah. there. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man. He's like, man, don't point at me. Man, it's nothing in this gun. It's not loaded. He's like, nah, bro. That's loaded. Yeah, definitely loaded. <laughs> Those guns are definitely on it. Uh, and it's so there are so many guns. And then when they finally, and then yeah, because he had his phone up here, and I, when he had his phone up there, I was like, I was like, oh, is he an Uber driver? And then at some point, he's like, ding. He goes, ah, oh, y'all, y'all got to get out. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta pick up a ride. He's like, wait, are you do? Are you working for Uber right now? He's like, yeah, bro. And then any money, any any side hustle I can get. And then they go, okay. And he goes, and then they get out of the car, and you see the car. It's like this purple convertible on the biggest. I love it. Tires, like huge rims, like 44-inch rims. 
and it's huge and it has hydraulics and it's like a monster car. It, it's so ridiculous. And also, it's crazy because they're eating like these burgers and Mouse is like quick. spit one out. Right. And for some reason, I'm thinking the way it was shot, that they were going to be in like some abandoned parking lot or something. Nah, they just in front of They the, were in, <laughs> just in the quick. In uh, the quick, was it quick? Quick, quick way. Quick way, yeah, the quick yeah. way. Yo, right. I will say this. And I realized, and at first I was like, what? They're just smoke? And then I was like, oh, right, it's smoking's legal in California. Yeah. Also, I just love the joke that Miles keeps doing, which is, this isn't the same thing. Yeah, I don't get way. it. Yeah. It's supposed to be quick and around the way. And like, yeah. He was like, it's quick way. <laughs> yeah. And so, and one of the things was like, they're like, quick way, like, like potato wedges? What is this? Who's mommy ketchup? Like, <laughs> and he goes, yo, I, I like these potato wedges, though. I ain't going to lie. Like, yeah. These potato wedges are good. And then he bites the burger, spits it out. And he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> he's like, oh, it's a vegan burger. And he goes, a vegan burger? Yo, man, why you give me a vegan burger? He goes, did you specify that you wanted meat? What? <laughs> he goes to try to fight him and to meet yeah. Stas. And yeah. he's like, why do I have to specify Honestly, I thought that, that was I want meat? <laughs> I mean, I, I was dying. <laughs> I will say this. You have to specify you want meat. that you want meat. That, Otherwise, the regular burger is a vegan burger. That's such a nuanced joke. You know what I mean? That's such a nuanced <laughs> joke about... But it's so interesting, man, because... Oh, my God. It's so funny because, again, when I watched this theater, when I went to go see the theater, basically, I'm in a movie with a bunch of hipsters, right, yeah. which this movie's making fun of. And at one point, because I was getting next to these, these two women, they were kind of, like, making little jokes about the hipsters. And I'm looking at... I'm looking, like, at how they're right. physically addressed. Right. I'm like, you do realize that you're dressed like every woman at this party. Like, when they go to the party later, right. I'm like... You're just like everyone at this party. Right. And so I was having a difficult time in the movie, I think because of... of but that's the... But the, man, this is, that's why I really love the end of this movie because it makes so much sense mm. that Raphael... Like, he, like, a dude... The black dude at the party is like, you're a hipster. You're wearing a t-shirt that says, kill a hipster, save a life, or something like yeah. that. But that's an ironic shirt that a hipster would wear. Yeah. A hipster would wear that shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, he's got like, he's got tats. Hipsters have tats. He had like, even his haircut. Cut, yeah. I was like, you have a hipster haircut. Like, you're talking that way. It's like, you're doing things that like, it, and, and, it, and it, it was just so, he was like, he hated the fact that he was being like labeled and like pushed in this corner with these people that he didn't want to be called but but that mirrors what david was talking about is like yeah but like people call me a nigga and i'm getting labeled in this way but like you're the nigga yeah it's it i'm so funny that that part was my favorite part of the movie and the thing is i yeah. know they couldn't have done the whole movie about that but like that is what like and, yeah, and again like that's yeah because because like when that scene happens and yeah we can go back to the beginning but when that scene happens and the fight happens and they have that conversation at the end and it's like you know Davi is like yo can I call you nigga like for, when it first happened I was like this is fucking random like I was when he started saying it's like say it say it and I was like first off nigga like for the, for some reason I'm like again one of my best friends is white mm-hmm. and there's at no point when be like if we're fighting over something call me a nigga like what the fuck like that part I think is stupid. Right. But when we finally get into the argument of why Miles acts like that and how he is from the hood, how he has to like, 
Because basically, like, the interesting part is Miles is from the hood, but he's a white dude from the hood. So he got niggas testing him in right. the hood because he's white. He got a black girl, a black son, and then he got other white dudes testing him outside of that world, which you can't relate to. So to me, like, not saying I want the movie to be about a white dude, but, like, that is fascinating. But then also, David talking about, yeah, I'm a big black dude. I'm a big black dude, and everyone thinks I'm a nigga, even though I'm not. That is the crux of what I thought. Not what I thought it was going to be, but like that's what I want to see. I wanted to see how these two navigated that type of world where we could see early on like little things of like Miles having to, to, to overly defend himself. And yes, it was in the performance, but it was like, it was a lot happening in this movie. But to me, that was the movie. Right. Like, I mean, but that should have been the movie. I do think they set up like that scene wouldn't have been as powerful if they weren't doing that throughout the movie, which they were. Like, they. What you, I think the and then the point at the end what David is making is that because the, I think the reason he was like call me a nigga was the was because um oh what what's Rafael whatever Raphael's character was Miles, yeah My, oh his name is Miles My, yeah Colin is uh, David Miles is uh, got it so yeah Miles is saying you know like you're you you didn't have my back. You know, you're selling out, like, you're freaking green juices. Like, you're, you're, you're conforming, like, you're uh, assimilating to this other thing, and I'm trying to keep it real, like, and you're not hanging with me, like, and, and David is like, dude, even if I'm doing all of that stuff, like, I can be doing all of these things that you're accusing me of, and it doesn't matter to the police. Like, you can act this way, and it's safe for you to act this way. It's not safe for me to act the way that you are acting. So, like, he was, so basically he was saying, like, so what else, what's not safe? It's not safe for a white person to call a black person the N-word. And he was like, if you feel so safe acting this way, then call me the N-word. You're not going to because you know that there is a difference. There is a difference between you and me, even though we grew up in the same area, we like the same music, we talk the same way, we have the same friends, all this stuff. But at the end of the day... We both beat up a, a dude, and I was the one who got put in jail, not you. And I'm the Did one who say all that. No, he didn't oh, say it, but that. I, I think that was like the context yeah, yeah, yeah. of it, like yeah, yeah. the the subtext that the because uh, that makes again like that that all makes sense, and like that man to me that's what the magic was, man. Like right. that, like that whole situation, like the matter of fact they went to that party, the fact that like I man that that and and I and lost a, this. Him getting called out by that black dude for being hipster was the funniest thing because yeah. it crushed. You could see it in Raphael's. Yeah. I mean, his acting was so good. It crushed him. But the thing that, to me, what I found, like, again, that whole sequence was dope because to me, watching, it was like, he got called out by a corny black dude. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, you, so basically, you got called out by the black dude who is black, yes, but is. Who could be like if he like if Miles is the white dude that's kind of black? He got called out by the black dude that's kind of white, right? And I'm like, and that was that black dude's boss up moment, and I'm like that's what it was. Like this corny ass dude had a boss up moment because he didn't fuck with you, and I'm like, dude, that whole. And again, I I totally understand. Like you couldn't make a whole movie about that. I don't think you could. I don't know how you would, but like that from that moment to the end of that argument, I was like, I fuck with it. Like that, I like. Right. Like it just it made. It made sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, everything before, like, I guess they did drop some stuff like that, but, like, 
Yeah, it, it, it was spring. So, okay, so, oh, yeah, we skipped it. I mean, that beginning, that opening scene with that purple. <laughs> Great. Funny. That, so that funny. was so funny. Uh, yes, and then we, and that's when we get to, like, the green juice thing, and then, you know, we go, they, they work in a moving company. His ex-girlfriend, Val, Val is the, the front desk. She's the one who, like, assigns them the shifts and things like that. She got them the job, mm-hmm. uh, but... Miles hates her because she never visited him in yeah. uh, when he was in prison, and she only called and him she once. broke up with him, yeah. and she broke yeah called him once, and she's just like basically not really forgiving him for the fact that he went to jail, uh, and we don't know yet why he went to jail. Hollywood is shut down. All production has stopped, and funding for new projects is tough to come by. There has never been a better time to talk through the entertainment industry's issues and try to reimagine Hollywood. And that's what Hollywood the Sequel, a new podcast from LAS Studios, will be doing. Listen as journalist John Horn talks to some of the most important and up-and-coming actors, producers, and directors about what we can expect the future of Hollywood to look like. And more importantly, how it should look. Will there be greater representation for women, for people of color? Will there be a return to the small and intimate movie? Will there be a permanent shift towards streaming and away from movie theaters? Are YouTube, TikTok, and podcasts reshaping the media landscape once and for all? Can movie theaters rebound from shutdown with streaming and social distances as a norm? As Hollywood the sequels ask these questions and more, this limited-run series will spark an ongoing conversation about how to use the current crisis as an opportunity to fix the entertainment industry's fault lines. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive Hollywood the sequel trailer. Available June 23rd. Download Hollywood the Sequel for free at laist.com slash Hollywood the Sequel or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's laist.com slash Hollywood the Sequel. Hey, everybody. Hi. It's Alice. And I'm Veronica from, from Trex in the, the City. City. We are two women who are nerds and we love Star Trek and love talking about it. That's right. But we're not exclusive like that. No, we're not those kind of fans. We're cool ones. Like chill. Sexy, young, and also old. Trex and the City. The city part means we talk about anything. <laughs> Which is our right, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I just need you to understand that we have great guests. We have the dumbest bits. And songs. Sometimes. And we talk about Deanna Troy in a way that she has deserved for her whole career. Fully underdeveloped character. So come on over to Treks in the City. Only on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. New episodes out every Monday. Woo! Woo! I like the fact, that I like that some of these things were, the, 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 the relationships were established and there was all this, you know, backstory that we didn't really find out, but then they found ways to... to to say the backstory without making it feel super yeah. uh, exposition. Yeah. I wish there was more. Um, I personally don't. <laughs> I personally was really opposed to the way Val was written. Um, it, maybe it was written how she performed it. I don't know. Like, I wish there was more of. I know her, the actress's name is Jasmine in real life. Mm-hmm. She's from Hamilton, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays Raphael's uh, girlfriend. Because like, maybe this maybe this is a thing again with the authenticity of Wait, it. Wait, Raphael plays Miles. Miles, sorry, Miles's girlfriend with the baby. baby oh, okay. You you hate how, how no, she was. No, there? I wish I had more of her and less of Val. Oh, oh, god. Because I didn't like how Val was written. Because and this is and hear me. I, I totally yeah. understand um, 
wanting to have, wanting your, your, your spouse or your partner to do better and like get things out of the way. But I feel like either the way it was written or maybe how she was told to perform it, there wasn't that nuance of softness and understanding. Like I saw it like in one scene, mm-hmm. but then it quickly went away into an argument, which I get definitely happens in real life. But I'm like, if you're from around a certain way, you know the people you're dealing with and you have a reason for not wanting to either deal with drug dealers because like maybe, you know, if you've seen the violence, you, 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 you want to get out. You have these certain things. Um, but to establish this relationship where like, oh, this person really needs to care about, like Colin really needs to care about her, right? But there were so few instances in this movie to me that showed that she really gave a shit about him and verbally said it. Um, whereas if I look at how like uh, Jasmine's character was, Jasmine's character was tough. Like she wasn't about the bullshit. Like she's like, hey man, like there's certain instances in this where like, right. I'm, and again, maybe the two characters weren't from the same area, but like Jasmine felt like a person I, from like the way I she think they him. were, but I, to me that they were from the same area and they were different people, which I like that they were different. I guess I just because it showed two different ways of how people deal with that. You know what I mean? I guess, but to me, it's like when I think about how Jasmine's character went down, she definitely was loving, definitely not about the bullshit. Right. But you saw concern, like you saw, you you saw toughness mixed with a little bit of softness. Right. You saw like how. I don't know how people have recognized look. But when it came to Val, it was just... And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was just a straight hardness because that's who she was. But I feel like there was nothing that was really presented about why she felt the way she did. Like, for instance, when it came to Jasmine, Jasmine had a kid. Jasmine was like, we got to do these certain things for the mm-hmm. kid. Did you feel fear in this moment? Mm-hmm. How, like, let me know why, why, why you're picking the wrong fight right now. She said things about like why she was coming at him right. a certain way. Whereas Val was just like... Like, she was just doing, like, shady remarks, which is cool. Right. And I get those people exist. It was just like, I just wish they would have... Well, they, I, and to me, they did get to that in the conversation about blind spotting. Okay. Like, so, when they have this... So, just, uh, the, the, um... Val is studying for... She wants out. She doesn't want to be in this neighborhood. Which makes right? sense. Like, she... Where, which, and that's different from Jasmine. Jasmine is... Jasmine lo- I think Jasmine is similar to Miles in that she loves the Bay. She hates the gentrification. You know what I mean? Like, she likes her neighborhood. That being said, she also is, like, a mother and smart and wants to protect her son, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but it seems like Val is, like, the type of person who's, like, I, I, don't, I don't relate to this neighborhood. I don't want... I hate, like, freaking these, like, goons acting like goons. You know, I don't want it that. I'm with David because he's not that. And then... He did something that she realized, oh, my God, like, you're just like all of the other people. Uh, I don't want to be with you. And and David the whole time is, like, he's hanging on to the fact that she she clearly cared. Like, she had some sort of relationship with him. Uh, she clearly cared about him before. And so it's like he she's doing these things that keeps him hanging on. She got him the job. She, like, keeps, like, telling him, like, you know, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And so he's doing all this stuff throughout the movie. He, he, he gets the green juice and he's like, hey, look, like I'm drinking the green juice. Uh, but then she like, almost immediately shades him for that. She's like, yeah, you should be, that's not the only thing you need to do to be healthy. Or yeah. Something like that. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, I'm just saying like, you know, um, he's, I mean, he's, he's done almost this whole year without violating his parole. You know, he's saying, he's telling her like, you know, 
whenever these bad things come up, like with the gun, he's like, it wasn't me. Like, you know, I, I was trying to get out of the situation, blah, blah, blah. And then she's just, bla- she basically just blaming him for all of the stuff. And in a way she becomes a kind of, uh, she, she's, she is somewhat representing the way that there's like this certain part of the world and in, within the black community that's like, nah, like all the bad stuff that's happening to you is your fault. What's his name? The dude, his like parole officer. Oh, parole officer, yeah, yeah. It, It's similar, right? It's just like, well, you shouldn't have done the, you shouldn't have done that thing. Like, F you. Like, I don't care that yeah. you can't get here at 11 or whatever. Like, I don't care about your excuses. Like, you're a convict. You are a con until you prove otherwise. Like, like, all of the any uh, allowances or forgiveness or mercy has been stripped away. Like you have to prove yourself at all times, um, which is this thing that's placed upon black people that's not placed upon white people. Like white people, like they get second chances, they get the benefit of the doubt. You know, they get to they get to redeem themselves. They get, you know, what I mean. There's all this stuff. It's like the freaking judge. What's that? What's that dude? Brock Turner or whatever? Like the kid? Who oh, the kid the, who got out. Yeah, and, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, well, I, this shouldn't ruin his life or like one mistake." Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine? Like, you know what I mean? It's insane. No, so, like, people die for Lucy's. It's insane, and they and so that so to me it was like she was kind of representing that, and then they and and but they get to this conversation where because she's she's studying for the thing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you helped me out. Like you told me if I make up a slang word for." these definitions, it helps me remember them better. And there was the one, the picture of the two faces or the vase, you know, very classic psychology picture or whatever. Like, what do you see? So you can either, if you concentrate on the black, you can see a vase. If you concentrate on the white, or maybe the opposite way around. You see, you you see concentrate on the white, you see the, I can't remember what it is now. Yeah, you had it right. You yeah. Had it, you had it right. And if you concentrate on the white, you'll see two faces. And so, inev- so eventually she calls that blind spotting. And she's and because she says... Oh man, I mean, this is the best line in the movie for me. Uh, it was, I'm trying to get the exact thing. It was something to the effect of, because he, he says, uh, well, once you know that they're both there, you know, can't you just see both? And she says, no, that's just not, that's not how it works. Like, your brain is so conditioned to see things one way that to see it the other way, like, you always will see it that way first. And to see it the other way, you have to, like, really work hard to change it and that's really hard to do you know which is kind of like for me it was saying talking about inherent bias and Mm -hmm. and racism and it's like yeah it's so we can talk about not what like not wanting to see things one way in terms of race but to actually be able to not look at a black man and think threat you have to train yourself to you have to undo that with like an intention, like you really have to train yourself hard to do that. Um, and so, and then he literally says like, when you see after, you know, after that fight, like, did you see, you know, are, am I being blind spotted or whatever? Like, do you see? Yeah, do you see the fight first? Yeah, do you see the fight first? And, she's, qui- she, and she's quiet because she's like, yeah, like I, I, I can never not see you that, like I always think of you that way. And 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 to be fair, it, it could also just be like she's a woman and she has a right to like feel fear for her own life, and maybe she has a fear for herself in that too. They didn't talk about that, but uh, it's just something about it. It just felt like 
But you're right. She doesn't have the softness. Like, she doesn't it, it, have... But it's not even... You know what it is? It's not even that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, if she is a person from around the way... And again, I'm not saying she has to be soft to him at all. Like, you can shade this dude all you want. Like, yeah, you don't want to be around somebody who's violent. But it's almost a thing of just that lineup. Yo, I've been around here. I've been... I've seen violent dudes. I don't want to do this thing. It just felt like... It, it felt like you didn't know the area or the person you were dealing with. It felt mm-hmm. like it, it felt like all this was new and all this was 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 like I, I don't get why it, you know this? It felt naive. It felt like I don't get why this is happening. And I'm like, what the fuck you mean you don't get what's happening mm-hmm. right now? You know what area you're in. You know what type of lifestyle people are living. Not saying you gotta be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Not saying you gotta accept it. It's just like you know what this is. So don't shave my man. And the thing is, especially if you're looking at a dude and I, I totally understand she's like, yo, this dude's gonna keep you in a problem for you. Yada yada yada. Like, I understand trying to break it down to him, but it just felt like her character didn't recognize where she was. It's straight To me, it just felt like, it felt like if, like, if her character was a white woman who came from the suburbs who just popped up into, uh, like, the hood and was like, I don't, I don't get why it's so bad. Just don't do this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially, yeah. when you heard, especially when you heard the story and you know from the third party dude that he tried his best not to fight this white dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and to me, when that situation was going down, I was like, oh, maybe she's now going to understand that he tried his best not to do this thing and that his boy was the one who was fucked up. Because I was like, oh, maybe she didn't know. That's why she was shading him. Like, yo, my man tried. Like, and again, I'm not saying it was okay to, to, to fight this, 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 this hipster dude. I'm just like, you ain't giving my man no credit. Like, you ain't, you ain't, you're, right. not even, you're, not, you're not, you're not even, again, like, if you're not going to sympathize with anything that's happening in the hood, I get that. But then it's like, I don't need to necessarily root for this woman or this relationship because you're not, and I, it doesn't I feel honest. Oh, you're not supposed I, to? Uh, yeah. Because I'm like, I don't get it. I don't like, think I don't, you're supposed to. Because my thing is, is every time that Miles- Because here's the thing. I think that despite everything you're saying, I completely agree with you. I think that there are going to be some women listening to this and going, no, she's absolutely right. He's going to be like that all, all the time. It's done. He should never have done that. I'm done with him. Write him off. Done. Well, well, to me, to me, and again, you have every right to do it. Right. But then, in the movie, I guess, because he's know. trying to. But but do you? Because I mean, like, because he's. I I mean, for me, and I mean, this gets into like a faith thing. Like, I think that people should, you know, like we all deserve forgiveness and the chance to of redemption, and that's what he was trying to do. He was like. He knows that he made a mistake. He knows that he messed up. Um, you know, wh- regardless of whether or not it was fair that he got all the punishment and his boy didn't, obviously that's unfair. And like, and the system is so hard on him, even though the other dude is the one who started the fight first. Uh, it's still like he knows he made a mistake, and he's trying to he's trying to redeem himself for it. And she's like not having it. And again, it to it, to me, it's like very symbolic of a society the society that we live in that's just like not have it's like not allowing people to better themselves after they've made a mistake because you just want to write them off as like no you're just a violent person done i'm done with you yeah and and it it feels cruel from coming from her because she was his well yeah i mean and i guess yeah and i guess like if that's the point cool i i I got you yeah it's just that when i'm looking at this character i'm like there's no and again like, you're probably right. That's probably exactly how it was written and probably how she was told to perform it. It was just like, this, this, it, that didn't feel authentic to the, to the area. And yeah, there's probably people like that. So 
it like her character was just <laughs> right. hard for me to swallow. I hear you. And it was a performance, and it was her. I was and like, you, this and is you hard. want and you wanted to like her. I mean, I was trying my best because yeah, yeah. I was like, because my thing is if because they spent so much time on her. Yeah. And to me, like Jasmine was the one who I don't remember her character's name in it, but like Jasmine's character was the one who to me. Had that nuance yeah, of a fight, but also nuance of like, I get what we're trying to fight through. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to fight through it. You're trying to fight through it. Ashley. My kid is here. That's her character. The character name is Ashley. Mm-hmm. Like that. And again, I'm not trying to compare the two women. It's just like, man, no, why, did the, why sure. did the hood one, the quote unquote hood woman, get so little, but yet the bougie one, if you will, didn't. It just <laughs> like, ah, right. ah. But I, I mean, they were also like mirroring their partners a little yeah. bit. Like, dude, I, I mean, like Colin is supposed to be a little bit bougier than Raphael. Like. I mean, but that man, God, that that performance from Jasmine, like that scene, that dude, that scene with the kid and the gun. I mean, let's, let's keep going. Oh yeah, like we got. I keep mean, going. that scene. That hurt. Well, let's talk about that scene. That scene was so basically Raphael. Like from the first scene, he like he like buys a gun off this dude, and he we see like this dude's a hustler, you know. He's running a bunch of side games. Like he's a he's he's a, he has a business mentality. He's he's a salesman. He's good at talking people up. He says like yeah, I don't know. I like I make people feel good with that, with my words. You know, we have this really funny scene with him and <laughs> Tisha Campbell, where he he takes a bunch of uh, hot combs and brings them to this hair salon. And he stands up and he just starts trying to sell them. And she at first is like, what are you doing? Get out of here. And then he just like kind of sweet. Like he's rapping a little bit too, he right? Yes, he is. He's, he's like rapping and like talking like this is what, you know. And then she uh, she's like, okay, well, how do I know that they work? And then, you know, we cut to uh, David with the part. <laughs> Yo, ridiculous. Bro. Ridiculous. That, that reveal was so silly. But I was like, you know, this is funny. That was funny. Um, that was a cool scene. So, yeah, we... So anybody, anyway, he has his gun though, and so we're at the house. They're all. What were they talking about? Um, outside the house. They were at the house, and the three of the the three adults were talking about something. I don't remember really what, but then they look over, and the son has. Oh 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 oh! Because the son gave the son gave Miles the hipster T shirt. That's so, right. So they go in the bathroom, and like this scene, I thought was really funny. Because he hates the T-shirt because it's too tight. It's too tight. And he just because <laughs> it looks like a, it looks. It look, he looks like a hipster. Yeah. And, like, and they both it's just start. But it looks good on him. But, yeah. it's, but it's too tight. They both just start cooking him up, boy. And they come back out, and the son is playing with that loaded gun, dude. The amount of fear I felt in my heart. Oh my god, Tessa grabbed my hair hand and wouldn't let go. It was the scariest moment. Uh, I, I mean, dude, it was one of those things of. I honestly, I was like, yo, because I. Because at this point in the movie, once we realized it wasn't going to be about the police and them coming after him, I was like, all right, we're... That's right. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Because well, I mean, that happens very early yeah, in the movie. But, and, the, and the thing is, like, we can get to that two-thirds in. I'm like, what's the, yeah, what's what's the, the climax con- about right. to be? What's the conflict of this movie? And when I saw that kid with the gun, I was like, no, don't make it be this. No, don't make it be this. Right. Yeah. Because this is my thing. I, it's hard because, oh, my God. Oh, do I still have it? So my coworkers... Um, so it's like four young people in my job. One has two kids, and um, we're all black. All you know, there's two guys, two women, and we all kind of have different backgrounds. But you know, I don't know if people noticed this week or this past week, uh, uh, the, the, a judge, like a, a judge, had to step in and stop this alt right guy from releasing how to make 
um, 3D printed 3D printed assault even rifles though, though. Even though he already he already released a gun one, right? But he but he was trying to release the assault rifles. So, oh, are you serious? Yeah, he was trying. So that's what they stepped in, and Trump was like, like so basically Trump was on this dude's side, but people stepped in for the assault rifles, which technically by law they can't stop for for too long. So they had this guy, you know, being interviewed, and uh, he's talking about like why he should be able to do it, and legally he can do this, right? Right. Um, and so my coworker sent out this thing of this this young this young black girl, maybe five or six. Um, she has a blindfold, and her dad has her just reciting things like, uh, "What he goes? Who are the Black Panthers?" She tells you who the Black Panthers are. Like, what's your amendment rights? She does all, like she's doing this, but while she's doing it, she's blindfolded and she's an, and she's assembling an assault rifle. Like she's doing, and she's like doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, my coworker sent this out, and he's like, "Hey, man, do we feel like?" He's like, "What do you guys think about this?" Because I, I don't know why, but he didn't. He's like, "What do you think about this?" I'm like, "Look, man, uh, everyone's like, hey, we don't believe in in guns, but then I go, but the world that we live in does. You know what I'm saying? Like, we may not believe. Like, I like I tell people whenever you want to watch, you should watch uh, that HBO documentary on Martin Luther King. His last three years, he talks about it, like." This nonviolence thing is something that we as African Americans do, but we're not being like we're being like we're walking up with nonviolence, but the people who are like confronting us are not. And so when I'm seeing the little boy with that gun, I was like, oh my God, this is such a terrifying thing. But also there's so many people with guns in their homes. Is it better to teach this kid about this gun now? Or is it or should we shield? Like, for instance, when they took the gun away, I'm like, should they talk to him about it, about like what it does? Like the power behind it, or should we just say guns are bad? Like I don't know what the like. There was so many questions. One, I didn't want them to kill herself, but also as as a person who's getting older, like if I had a kid, I don't know right now what I would do because mm-hmm. I don't believe in violence. But the thing is, man, watching that dude talk about guns and then seeing footage of young white kids just assembling assault rifles, I'm like, bro, like I can teach my kid to turn the other cheek, but like these niggas gonna try to kill you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the president literally like vouched for this dude, right? And he's trying to tell you how to assemble an assault rifle. And then they literally ask him, hey, man, what do you think about kids or, like, you know, people with mental disabilities getting a hold of this? And he goes, would you stop them from reading a book? And the woman goes, we don't, there's no, like, like, we don't teach you how to really make a gun in a book unless you have, like, a, you know, a system to do it. Would you stop them from reading a book? Legitimately, that's what he says. Legitimately says. What? Legitimately says. And then he goes, and he's like, but you know, 3D prints are different. You can buy those offline. And she's like, you know. All they would have to do is find the bullets if they can make the shell of the gun and it's untraceable. And he goes, You want to stop somebody from reading the book? And I was like, what? No. And that kind of, but, but <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense, but you, but you understand, like, this man said that with a straight face. I know he said And that. at the end of the day, certain laws can protect him. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, yes, this kid had this gun and I was terrified he was going to shoot himself, but I'm like, Should they, should we now live in a world where we have to teach this kid? Because basically now, like, DeVee's Collins' mom mm-hmm. gave him. A pamphlet on the talk, right? And the talk is not about sex. Mm-hmm. The officially, which is crazy. Like I mean, yeah, but doesn't that didn't it break your heart when that? When, oh my god! When David was getting angry and he was like, "Stop!" and he goes, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot!" <laughs> I mean, and I, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. And then she thought it was. She was like, "Oh, he's he's practicing the stuff that we talk." Yeah, and I, she said, "I can't like." We can't, he's not old enough for everything in the book, but you know, I was like, oh my, like this is the talk that kids have to have. Right. That's, if, if we, John, if we had kids right now, mm-hmm. we would have to tell them how to deal with police. Oh, of course. Isn't that some crazy shit? Yes. Like this is crazy, and the thing is, I'm like, I don't know. I hear what you're saying about the guns. I, I do think. I don't want people. You're right. I, I, you're right in the, in the uh, here's what I'll say. 
personally about it since this is a political podcast now. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not trying to make I it. I do think that – I think you're right in that it's important to teach children about these kinds of things. It's important to teach them. It's important that they know so that for their own safety, like, they should know what a gun is. They should know – like what a safety is they should know what it means for a gun to be loaded they need to know that guns can kill that guns kill people like that it's a tool it's a weapon used to murder and it's very easy for it to do so even more so than like a knife right so uh i do think knowledge is key but like i'm not the thing is and like what the statistics are is that you are more likely to shoot somebody that you know, you're more likely to shoot your own family member. There's more likely to be a suicide with a gun than there is for you to like stop a burglar coming and robbing your house or whatever, you know? So it's like, even like him, like, it's like, okay, he had the gun. He didn't lock it up. And somebody was like, Oh, he should have locked it up. But I've, I've heard people, I've heard pro gun people go, no, don't, it doesn't make any sense to lock up your gun because then what's the point? If somebody comes into your house and you have to go get, grab a key and unlock your gun, it's already too late. So I need to keep my gun under the pillow. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then it's like, I just teach my children how to use the gun and so they're safe with it. But that's assuming that children are smart enough to use it in a proper way. You know what I mean? Like I was a kid uh, who I knew how to use knives, but in, <laughs> in ninth grade, I took a uh, one of my, you know, the like knife sets, like those miracle blades. Oh because yeah! Because we watched an infomercial on television, and we saw like people just going like chop, 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 and they were just like chopping all this stuff, like cutting the leather shoes and things like that. And I was like, oh, we have those. And then, and then my friend, my friend Mark was like, let's let's cut something. And so we froze stuff. We froze an orange, and then we tried to cut it. He tried to cut it. He couldn't do it. And then I was like, I can cut it. Like, and then I cut like the tip of my finger off because I was, you know what I mean? And it was like, cause I was a dumb kid yeah, doing yeah. dumb. Like, why am I trying to cut a frozen yeah. orange? And the thing you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's so <laughs> tricky as we live in a society where I was watching. Now we're talking about this kid. Uh, oh, and that kid actor is so good. Great. He was so cute, man. Oh my God, so happy. So oh my goodness. But then when he's, but then when he does the hands up, don't shoot. Woo! I, it, it hurt because I'm thinking, if you're a black kid, how long do you get to be a kid? Yeah. Because think about it. We always think about the situation where, you know, in movies, and this movie talks about basically the penal system and, and what's it like to be, you know, a convict. And again, like, I mean, we're not about to get into history, but a lot of African-Americans have been put in jail for like what people would consider smaller crimes, like selling weed, for instance. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not even... In possession. Yeah, in possession. Like not even, not even selling crack, but it's so funny because, again, crack is the same fucking thing it's cocaine, we had those mother, whatever, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but the point is, I'm looking at this kid, and then if this kid, he's probably what eight, right? Mm-hmm. If he was to get in trouble, that kid probably be tried as an adult. Mm-hmm. That's what just happens. And listen to you bring up like the Brock Turner kid, I'm like, oh yeah, this little motherfucker. The judge says his life shouldn't be ruined because of this, right? Got six months for rape, which is crazy, unconscious, and like, and it's crazy, and it's a thing. I'm looking at these movies, and I love that these movies exist. I, again, we have this movie. Sorry to bother you. Kind of talked about, you know, like corporations and and do they really care about you know you, the consumer, African Americans? Then we have you know uh, the Hate You Give coming out, which talks again about police brutality. We have you know Black Klansmen. I'm so happy these movies are coming out, but for some reason these movies are hurting my heart because it's yes. just showing it not 
I'm not calling it a, a trend is not the right word, but something is happening in our society where we're so like this is happening on such a regular basis that this is the topic of the well, time. It's one of those things where it starts, whether this is true or not, for me, it starts to feel meaningless when every pop culture thing where like so many black led things are talking about the fact that there is police brutality because if it's happening everywhere in our art and then nothing is being done, then it's just like, what's going Like, what are we doing? Like, we're not, it's not effective. But then the question, and we're just keep, we just keep putting it out there. But the question I think at that point is what is left to do? You know what I mean? Because I, I, I always I, think about... No, I agree. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I, like, I'm not mad... Again, it, just so we yeah, about, we're not nothing, mad at the movies. No. It's like, the movies need to exist, but it's like, we have the movies. Because they're reflecting real life. Yeah. We have the marches. And I'm thinking about even... We talk about... Like, I feel like it's like the hundredth time we talked about this on this podcast. But and it's like... There's something about... There is something about, like... Does Hollywood, like, always need to... Like, do they... I don't know. It just feels... It feels weird knowing... It feels weird knowing that there's a boardroom of white executives that are like, ooh, like, oh, it talks about police brutality. Yeah, that's, like, that's... That's in. That's in. That's top. That's, I mean, literally, I'm reading, this, I'm reading this article. I'm reading this article from Variety, and it's like, um, oh, how did it start? How did it start? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like, this stuff started in... 24, you know what I mean? Like, we started, like, the, the, uh, for, this stuff's been happening for a super long time. But it's, like, the Black Lives Matter, for instance, started in, like, 2014, right? Like, that new wave of movement. And it's been four years. And has it eased up at all? Well, the thing, well, the thing is, like, they, they, the, thing about, the thing I think about all these movements and things like that is that, uh, well, I think about Black Lives Matter and how people address them. It just reminds me of the same thing that happened with um, the Black Panthers, where, you know, they have done everything nonviolent. Everything, everything they have ever done has been nonviolent, mm-hmm. right? The marches. Um, there was that one. Um, that was that one situation in Texas, but we now know it wasn't them who started that altercation, right? Uh, but it's so difficult because we live in a world where they aren't being credited as a peaceful activist group. They, a lot of people consider them a hate group. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean that's. Literally, they're considered a hate group. So at the end of the day, it's like, I guess these, movie need, these movies need to exist. It's just a thing of, I'm not sure anymore of how to fight changing a mindset. Like, but back in the day. Right, like, is this any, any of this getting through? Yeah, because back in the day, like, we, you know, our parents, our grandparents, they were marching for um, equal right, the right to vote, the right to go to the same school. Like, things that were tangible that you could change, and now you're fighting to change a racist person's mindset right. of you. And I don't know how Wh- you do which, that. Wh- and I don't know either. And and I and I and that's that line in the movie about blind spotting about how hard that is to do was so poignant. Um, and but there were no answers uh, because I guess there really aren't any right now. I mean, or there are, but I, but I mean, it it it, it takes. I I guess the answer is like people have to want to change because if they don't, they never will. Yeah. So and I think there's just large portions of this country like who. Just don't want to change. Well, the thing is, they don't think they need to. They, like a lot of people. Like I mean, I think about my. Right. I think about some think of the older to. people in my family who dislike older white people because they're like, "No, this is what happened when I was growing up. Like a white cop in the south will do this thing, and they're just so adamant because that's their whole 
70 years of life has taught them this is how the world works. And that's what they pass down unless the kid learns otherwise. But yeah, getting back some, to like yeah. that situation of like we skipped over is like very early on in the movie, Colin the V Diggs is going home. And he's sitting sees, at a red light, at a light, a light that won't turn, which was so, it's so funny. Yeah. Like, I've totally been there, like, you know, because in your mind, you're like, don't run that red light. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Because he thinks about Cause it. Because you know he's thinking about it. Cause, but it's so true. Like, you're sitting at a red light. There's no cars around. You're like, this is pointless. Like, it's not dangerous for me to run this red light. This red light is not doing anything. But I have to sit and wait here for five minutes for this thing to turn. And I'm going to be late. <laughs> and I'm going to be late. Uh, but then uh, a black dude runs, like, right when the light turns green, it runs right in front of the car. Then you see a police running after him, and then he's like, stop. And then the police takes out his gun and, like, shoots the student in the back and kills him. Yeah. Uh, and then he's told to I shoot. don't... Man, we're turning into a political podcast. Let me know. Let me know. I just don't... Fuck it. I don't care. Oh, I this is a political I don't movie. fucking get it. I don't movie. get it. Like, when I'm looking at stuff like this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what happens. Like, this dude uh-huh. got shot in the back six times. Like, we've heard this story in real life. Like, this is literally a story we've heard in real life. I mean, we've seen the video. Yes. I mean, literally, and now knowing that David Diggs lived near Oscar Grant where he was murdered, I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is a thing that happened when a dude was technically already, already subdued. on the ground, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Already subdued. An, accident, an accidental shooting. And I keep thinking about, and I keep thinking about these fucking white kids who can not only kill a bunch of people, but make it to prison. Yes. Like, make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this movie, and I'm like, yeah, man. And again, I saw this movie with a, with a, with a, with a, it was a largely white audience. Um, there was one older black couple in there. Uh, and, like, I'm looking at people nodding, right? I'm looking at people nodding, like, yeah, man. Like, these are the allies, right? Like, these are the allies that you need. And in my head, I'm like, man, if there's so many allies, how does this keep happening? You know what I mean? Like, I, and I guess, like, yeah, we're in New York, so it's a and, sanctuary city. And, I, I, I get it. No, but what, but after that, because that all this stuff happens in New York, it happens in L.A., it happens in it happens in the big cities, it happens in the big cities where supposedly all of our allies are, all the time, right? Like Eric Gardner happened here, Amadou Diallo happened here, like it it happens here, mm. it happens here with our police department. So it's not like it's not like these things are happening in like the racist South towns only. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time, it's happening in some big city, you know. Yeah. So. I think what I to me I, and you're right. It's like what happens? Why? There's these they they nod they nod in the theater. They nod when we hear it, but whenever whenever video whenever something comes up, and this is what and this is the blind spotting thing that he's talking about. Cops get the benefit of the doubt, hands down, no matter what, no matter what. Cops get the benefit of the doubt. Well, what was he doing? What did the guy do? What was he do? And then I mean, like it was really cool in like the movie where he's like where Raphael's like watch. He's yes, like, that part okay, look, great. okay, there's a professional photo. Watch, it's coming, it's coming. There you go. Why you got to put him in a jumpsuit? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, they used his mugshot instead of just his regular photo. Because they're, ju- they're already subliminally, the news does that. They subliminally justify the murder of people because why, why was it important to know uh, that, um, you know, Trayvon Martin, like, like, got in an altercation at some bodega. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why is it important to know that somebody, like, stole something? It's like, it had nothing to do with what was happening. Stealing something has nothing to do with shooting somebody in the street. Yeah. You know? It, and and what really ha- what's really happening is that cops are trained and told and given the power to be the ultimate authority. So, if you don't listen and do what they say, it doesn't matter 
if what they say is justified or not. If you don't do that, they have the right to kill you. Yeah. Which yeah. is insane. And think about the people who go into the police. And this is the thing that, this is the, the thing that like makes me so sad. And like, I don't know how to fix it other than like, honestly, like just redoing the entire system uh, is that the people who go into the police force they know that that's what they're going into. They know, they're doing it so that they can get that power. These are people who are power hungry. It's like, and yes, it's not all cops, but you know what? Honestly, I don't know it's not the majority of cops. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when, whenever I hear that, I'm like, okay, but like, isn't it most cops though? Because I know like the people in my high school who went into the police force and they're not the people who are like, the who, kind who, who are just like, oh, I just want to defend the, the, the innocent and, like, make sure people don't get hurt. You know what I mean? They might say that at the end of the day, but, like, so, so many people are, like, people who were bullies in high school. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the yeah. people who want, they want power. They feel bad that, you know, they couldn't get ahead in some other place in life. And so they go into this position where they can come to you and tell you what to do. And if you act up, they get to throw you in jail or beat you up. Or beat you up. Or kill you. <laughs> Yeah, man, the thing that's so tricky is, like, I, I remember, like, watching Miles uh, watch uh, the news. I remember there was that thing on Twitter maybe years ago when people started posting. It's so sad. But it was, like, if they were murdered by the police or whatever, mm-hmm. what photo to use. Right. So people started posting, like, their best photos. So it was, like, this is the photo I would want you to use, and this is the photo the news would find and use. Right. Which is, like, the one time, like... You got two, like a peace finger up or a middle finger, and you're 14, right. but you're like a 33 year old man. Right, it's like, right. why would you use that photo? Right. Oh, because you're like a thug. Right. Um, so, so that was, so that, so that was a thing that was very important. But also, I, like again, I'm happy that they didn't focus on that. Like he had that nightmare. Yeah. He had one yeah. scene which I thought was really cool. The great when he was jogging. Was Did that you like it? that scene? Oh, no, that, no, it was one before that though. Okay. It was like he he had a nightmare, but it was he was in the courtroom, and this oh, is where the rap. Yes. Happened. And they had to change. I like that a lot. Like that scene, I thought was oh, actually that was so cool, so inventive. Yes. So it was like he was, he was, he was there, and then like Raphael was like his lawyer. His maybe? lawyer. It, it could. It was unclear if he was defending him or prosecuting yeah, I can't him. Tell. But he just like was like rapping, and, and and he was there in chains, and then he kept like spitting up bullets, and then the jury were all black, but then they, they were, were also chain. in chains. And then, like, the judge was the police officer who did the shooting. Mm. Um, yeah. And then there was another kind of dream-like sequence where he's jogging, uh, uh, doing his routine, jogging through the that's graveyard. the end of the movie, right? Yeah, close to the end of the movie. <sighs> and he sees all the black people, like, in hoods next to their graves. That was chilling. I can, that part, that part, that part. That was chilling. That part I I can't I can I can I can I can't hang with that. I mean, man, it was just too it was it was too much. And then even oh, we didn't talk about this in like the Black News. They like Netflix has started casting for their Central Park um, Five or whatever. And I'm just thinking like, man, there's so much. Like I just it's like and the thing is like these things just aren't ending. It's just right. not. It is is it is exhausting now. Right. It is exhausting to talk about this on a regular basis. It's exhausting to watch these movies. It's exhausting to watch the news. I mean, like, this dude was just standing. And it's so crazy. It's because I heard the older black couple who was sitting near me go, uh, what did she say? What, uh, one, of them, one of them mouthed, like, kind of uh, towards the end of the movie, like, when it, when it was over. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that was a lot of, 
there was a lot of bodies, a lot of black men or something like yeah. that. And then one of them responded, there's millions more of that. Right. And I was like, my God. Because you think about it, that shot, that yeah, shot had like at first I was people. looking at it, I was like, I was like, damn, that's a lot of people. And then I was like, that's it's not. I was like, that's that probably is like somewhat of a representation of like all the people. Like we can start naming the names and yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean that 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 man that that shot was that scene was crazy. Um that scene was crazy. And the thing that's so interesting about it is that I mean we skipped around, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh we get to the end and they get to that last house. Mm-hmm. I immediately knew I was like, something's off about this house. Well, yeah. I was like, cause the thing is I knew you're like like right. where is like how can we ever saw this cop again? What's so weird is that I don't know why at first I thought it was the black guy's house, and I was like, "Wait, did he live in this nice neighborhood?" This what black nice guy? What black guy? Who got shot? I oh, thought it was the dude oh, who got oh, shot oh. at first because I was like, "I was like, oh man," and then I realized, like, "Wait a minute, no, 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 yeah, it's the cop." And the thing is, I didn't know how this scene was going in, man. I was like, yeah. clearly the wife is leaving him. Like he's in here somewhere. He's gonna be mad. Uh, yeah, I didn't know how it was going in. I mean, again, like I, I totally understand the. Uh, the pulling the gun out and having this altercation because you're still having nightmares on it. Because matter of fact, this is the scene right after the the running scene. Um, so I, you know what it is? It's just difficult because I think as a, a black man and being in that moment, I know I've said on this podcast one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen in a movie was a super fly when he beat the hell out of that racist cop who like killed somebody for no reason two two people killed two people for no, no. reason. Um, when I'm looking at this scene, I didn't want him to do the cop any harm. I just wanted him to say everything we can't. You know what I mean? And I get that he kind of was, and I understood the need for the rap. Like I get like that was the device. I'm like, man, to have a scene where you get to speak for everybody. Like you get to speak for the frustration. You get to speak for like the the mere fact that I think about LeBron. I've been thinking about LeBron James a lot this week, right? Like last year during the finals, LeBron James had someone spray paint nigger on his house, right? Mm-hmm. And he Comes on, he's like, yeah, man, you know, I may be LeBron James, but like at the end of the day, I'm still a black man in America, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this man who dedicated, was it 50, 30 to 50 million dollars of his own money on top of investments to open a school that will guarantee if you can make it into college, a certain college, we will pay for you to go in there and to have the president of our country call not only a person interviewing him a dummy, but implies that, oh, you're so dumb, you made this guy who's also dumb look smart. And this guy just made it so that kids can go to a school for free, and also that people who, who, who didn't get their diploma can get their GED for free. Yo, but why... Yo. No, why, why, he, why he end the tweet with, I like Mike? I like Mike better! <laughs> I like Mike better! I like Mike? And first off, the thing, wow. the thing that's so idiotic about that type of shit <laughs> is that people don't know that Michael Jordan has been funding kids to go to college for decades. He just doesn't talk about decades. What a troll. Decades. It's so weird that our... That the president, the president of, of the United today. States, is a internet troll. Yes, is a powerful one of internet. the worst internet trolls. But an internet troll who has fifty million followers and gets <laughs> millions of retweets. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. This is what we live in. And so, to me, it's like when I'm when I, I don't know. And you know what? And maybe it's not. And again, the movie isn't bad. But I'm thinking maybe like. This movie did everything right and everything. I think if we made a movie about this, it would, we would probably almost do something along the lines of this. It's like, man, I just wanted that moment of just 
And he, I guess he did. I guess he did. I just, I, I guess for me, it was like, I just wanted. Well, he was no making rap, him feel the just, fear. He just wanted, he was like, he, he wanted him to feel fear. But then at the end, he was like, the difference between me and you is that I'm not a killer. Which, which, which I get. Yeah. I get it, man. It was just like, in that moment, I don't know. Like, he did it. Yeah, I don't know. I, he did it. So I don't know what I'm mad about. It's just like, I just wish he yeah. wasn't, I wish we just fucking would have said it. Like, this is what you've done to us. This is what it is. Yeah. But you know what, though? I talked to Hollywood for like two seconds. This one's gonna okay. be short. It's gonna be what, one. Wait, real quick what? though. Let me like I I don't know how to pronounce this dude's name. <laughs> uh, bro, I don't even. I, I, you uh, Utkarsh M. Utkar. But he was in a what movie was he in? He was in oh yeah, Game Over Man. He was pretty funny in that. In this, oh my god, who is he this in dude this? is so funny. He who was the he dude the who retold the story of him oh, beating oh. up the the white guy the dude from a, with the flaming. Uh, he's a rapper. Did oh, is he a that? rapper? He was in. He was. He was in the first. He yes. He's very cool with the work of all his guys. He was in. Yes, because he was in Game Over Man, their Netflix movie. And he's also in. Uh, he was in. Uh, uh, that movie, Pitch Perfect, the first time when he had oh, to go okay. against the the guys. Got it. Like he was a rapper. He also was in uh, that Jay Farrell movie, the White Famous. The next cut. Yeah, he's in the last. Yeah, he's in the last one. He's in the last one. Dude is so funny. Super funny. Oh my god, that was so funny. All right. Also, oh, wait. First, oh, let me okay. do that. Now that you bring up that that flashback, when they had the flashback of what happened, the fight. First off, I lo- I love the the Ant Man kind of like retelling the yeah. story that people keep doing now. I think it's hilarious. But the thing that the thing, <laughs> this part was too real. This part was too real. Okay, I'm in. It. I got in a fight with a hipster once, right? I did. I try my best not to. I try my best not to. But it was the it was that entitlement. It was literally. It was like how he spoke to him. It's like when he told that story, and this probably was one of the things that felt so real. It was like, hey, man, you can't, you can't do this thing that is illegal to do, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying to tell you. Like, the last time I almost got in a fight was, oh, I was going to, so we were in L.A., and this reminds me of this. I was, was in L.A., we were going to work on uh, the, the format for our show. <laughs> it's just this just happened maybe months ago, and I never told you. I, I think I told you guys pieces of it, but I'm going to say it now. So I'm in the car. Um, I'm not. I am not in an Uber pool. Okay. I am. Oh, not, that's right. I, I am I not in an Uber pool. <laughs> yes. All right. My driver is. Uh, my my driver is a foreigner, but super nice. And all of a sudden, like we get a phone call. We're we're literally like two blocks away, maybe. But LA, you know, it gets like a lot. Two blocks away. We pull up to a corner. Like he's. I just hear him on the phone. Like, hey man, I can't. I'm dropping off somebody right now. Like, I see you next. I already accepted it. I'm going to come to get you, right? And he's like, he hangs up. He's like, yeah, man, some dude is trying to, like, you know, get me to pick him up. I, like, I keep telling him it's not a pool. Out of nowhere, this white dude with a Harvard or Princeton shirt, whatever, hops in the car. I don't know, just hops in the car. Hey, man, I'm right here. Why can't you just come get me? And starts screaming at the driver. And then I'm in the back seat, and he literally addressed me like, he's not going to be mad, or he won't be mad. First off, most... Utter disrespect I've ever seen in my life, right? So the part I didn't tell you guys is that the driver did not, like the light turns uh, green, the driver doesn't move. He's like, hey, man, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, you know what? No, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So the guy gets out, gets in the back seat with me, okay? Gets in the back seat with me. It's like, bro, we good, right? Bro, we good. I'm like, hey, man, you're making this mad awkward. Let's get out of here. Come on, man. Don't be like one of them. I'm like, ah. They, uh, don't be like one of them. Now we got like first. I'm like, who's one of them? I'm like, who's one? Of them? I'm like, and I literally got at this point. Like, who's one of them? He's like, come on, man. You know, like you cool. Come on, man. We cool. You're not one of them. And I'm like, he kept saying one of them. 
And mind you, <laughs> and mind you, you know when like you're getting pissed and then someone keeps tapping you, like one of the hey bro type taps, oh, and he did God. it. And like, and like I okay. So uh, so 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 I will admit I'm not saying this because I it's can't nice. believe you didn't tell uh, us because I was mad in real life because I was mad because because it was months like it's months ago now it's months ago I can let it go but I need you guys to understand that I I do not again I say this, I do not believe in violence but I do believe in like you only can be so patient my man <laughs> taps me in the chest and keeps saying you're not like one of them so when he taps me again I proceed to tap him back but my fist is closed as I tap him in the chest right so I'm tapping him back he's like I. Come on, man. Don't be mad. Mind you, at this point, the driver's like, I'm not going to leave until you get out the car, right? So the guy gets out the car, finally, rolls, like, opens the, the, the passenger side window in the front and go, you know what you're getting now? Five stars. but I mean, one star, buddy. One star. You ain't going to be driving. I'm going to own your car. And you know what? You can take him to wherever he's going to go. I'm going to get somewhere else. He probably isn't going anywhere. And the thing in me that I, I'm not going to I screamed. I did scream something out of it that I'm not proud of. <laughs> I, 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 I screamed a couple of uh, obscenities and was like, yo, if you don't leave, I'm going to put your face through this window. And like for some reason, I've never felt... And so I'm not defending what David Day's character did in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying to be around somebody who has so much privilege, who doesn't... To, to not understand the human decency of just talking to a person. Right. Like that dude belittled... It makes me mad. Yeah. Like it's, just, it's just like... It's just, he literally said to him in the movie and then he pushed him in the chest. Right. I mean, when he pushed him in the chest, he pushed, and, 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 and it's just only so much. And I think that's and the, it's like that's the du- he's working there. He's working, and the thing is, he's calm when he says it. He's like, "Hey, man, you can't because you legally, unless you're in fucking Vegas or New Orleans, you can't just have a drink open on the street." Yeah, I'm gonna just show my friends, bruh. Show my friends. Uh, he's like, "Now you can't come back in." Uh, I pay for this drink. I'm and and back the in. thing that hurt me the most. Is that Wait, what did Raphael say before? Yo, what did he, he said do? something like, like, oh, damn, what did he say? He said some gangster. I mean, first off, he looked awesome in that scene. He looked awesome. But the thing that hurt me is that when 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 <laughs> the know what's up. <laughs> when Val comes out, right? Val comes out and they're fighting, right? Because again, before before Miles gets That's in, they're fighting. For sure. They're fighting, right? Yeah. And it is overkill. But the thing that bothered me is that even before the fire came, you hear the hipster dude, yo, help me. And I'm like, nigga, you start. That's, that thing right there hit me so hard. It's like, you started this fight mm-hmm. and you're screaming, help me. Like, you're a victim in this situation. Mm-hmm. You just lost. Like, mm-hmm. what happened was you started the fight and, you and your boys ain't helping you out. Right. Like, main man told you if you came over here, you're going to have a problem. You started this fight, mm-hmm. both of them jumped in, and your peoples left you hanging. Right. You know what I mean? Because I bet you this, if they were winning that fight, they would have screamed for help. They would have been talking shit. Like, they just beat up two hood dudes. Right. No, I never wanted to fight somebody so much in my life until that day. And the uh, dude, the driver was, my driver was so goddamn innocent and nice. Yeah. And to see that happen, and it had, I think it might have been a Harvard shirt. Because it was one of those Harvard cutoff in the little small ass shorts. What the fuck are you doing with shorts that goddamn little? Like, I'm so mad. Oh, uh, and boat shoes. Ah! Okay, anyway. Damn. Also, the fight between fight between Raphael and that and that little black dude was was a great fight. It was a brutal fight. <laughs> it was brutal, but I just meant like the choreography was like really. Oh yeah, it's like because they both got some hits in, yeah. but then he just ends by just slamming. When he his slammed head his head, and I was like on the Ugh. car, I was like, damn. Ugh. I was like, man, when that shit went down, mm. um, oh, calling them, uh, and the way the hipster dude was talking to them, calling them bro and shit, yeah. 
Uh, anyway. Anyway. You want to talk yes, about Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, I just want to say that I love that we're having these movies about like police brutality. I love that. And again, this is not me making fun of what's going on. I do understand it's real, but... You know, a year or two ago, we had that 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 run of slave movies, which I was like, "Hey, man, this is cool. Like, we're we're, we're getting our history lesson yeah, in." Now we're having this run of you know black people getting killed by police movies, <laughs> um, which is like, "Yeah, that's cool, true. man. I see, I see what's happening. I that's see, I see true. what's going down." So I'm hoping we get through these phases. Um, just that is a part of like the, the the black experience here in America is that we you know we, we were slaves at one particular time. We are currently and have been for maybe the last um, half century dealt with police violence, uh, which is a thing that's happened. But also, um, one of the things that has also been going on this year in 2018 is that African Americans have started to really take pride in who they are, um, our history, our lineage, um, our roots, um, our, our, our women are, are, are rocking their natural hair. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, are, are we as, a, as a people, which I've been noticing slowly but surely, have Stop with the with the with the light skin dark skin thing. We we're literally light supporting each other. You may hear a joke here and there. I may make one, but like we're on a team. Mm-hmm. So I hope that maybe as we go further along, maybe you know, twenty nineteen, if you're gonna say we're gonna have a strain of movies, maybe we just get back to like some black comedies where it's like, oh, That'd be nice. you know, we just have black people doing a bunch of different things. We saw how Girls Trip was like, man, where's the new house party version? Or you know what? Hey, hey, you you know who I love? I love Tom Hanks. I love I love some Meryl Streep. How about you know we get some um, movies? That you know would have went to them and just put you know Viola Davis in it, you know, yeah. like let's let's get some black movies where like hey we're a doctor, yeah you know like we're doing some shit, you know I've seen the movie I think they're remaking a Star Is Born which will be the third time this movie has existed this time is Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga hey man we've seen this movie three times how about we make a Harriet Tubman movie you guys love slavery movies right give me a Harriet Tubman one you know give me one about a black woman who saved a bunch of lives and did it under white people's noses aren't they making a Madison J Walker is it a movie or is it's it a like Netflix? TV? It's a Netflix miniseries, I believe. Oh, Which, hey, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Hey, you know what? Let, let me get that. Let yeah, me get yeah. that. And again, like I'm not sitting here like trying to diss any things that you guys agree on because it our, a movie, though. our, oh, it could have been a movie. Um, could have been a movie that was nominated for an Oscar. But George Washington Carver movie. Oh, hey man, George Washington Carver movie. What, brother? Hey, you know what? You know a black person who did a lot because people. You know what? I heard. Mm-hmm. I heard he's he's doing great work right now. I think you know a Frederick Douglass movie would be great because Frederick Douglass is. Like our president said, he heard about him and he's doing great. So you know what? The president said he's doing, he's doing great. An amazing job. He's doing an amazing job. Being recognized more and more. Yeah, good, good for that guy. Look, all I'm simply saying is, is I I'm starting to notice a thing that we keep presenting these movies of the the, the hardships that we go through as African Americans, and we know that we live it every day. Um, what you should probably do is start teaching that in schools, Hollywood, even your schools in LA. You know, make a documentary, but also give us movies that make us happy about ourselves. Give us, give us not just Black Panther once every century. <laughs> give us something else. Um, or if you don't want to do it, just give someone a check and let them do it the goddamn self. Anywho, that's all I got. The beauty of James not being here is, is no one has to do that goddamn Hancock thing. And I'm not. Don't you dare. No one. Cool. Let's, let's, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. let's just end it. <laughs> uh, but we all saw blind spotting, right? What? Come on, man. I'm just saying all of us Come in this on, room. dude. We're not doing this. I'm saying all of us saw... We just... I'm not... I'm not... I'm not encur- nope. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm not... Encur- I'm, even hearing you say that makes me so mad. <laughs> I'm just saying we all saw it. Yes, dude! Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? No, I was just saying, but that... Uh, but that little boy, though, that hair. That hair yeah. on that little boy. Yeah, what about it? Well, it was like, really, it was super fly. Yeah. And... <laughs> 
uh-huh. you know, he had a gun. Yeah. But he didn't shoot himself. No. And he already learned, you know, hands up, don't shoot. Right? I don't like any of this. Just so you know. I'm just saying. For people at home, I don't. What if? Oh, God. What if that little boy is actually Hancock's son? Okay. Um, he is a mixed little boy. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not encouraging I'm you. just saying. No, no. In the, in what the, if it's Hancock 2? Hancock 2, the prodigy. How do we end this? How do we? It's baby Hancock. Okay, okay. Fine. Uh, uh, you know, here on Black Man Can't Jump Podcast, uh, how we review movies. We don't review them based on how much we like them or, or even through a critical uh, lens. We, we literally just uh, rate our movies on how much they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. Yeah. If we think it fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. Yep. If we think it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we think it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give a movie anything. Nothing. On the count of three, we're going to raise up our rating for this film. Oh, yeah. And a one, and a two, three. Black Fist? Two Black Fist. Two Black Fist. I uh, go. Okay. Again, I, honestly, it sucks. I've never had this happen. Like, I, I don't know why this movie didn't. Like, this movie is everything I would ever want in a movie. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I don't know why it just didn't connect for me. But I'm happy this movie exists. I'm happy what it's talking about. I'm happy that when I saw it, it was a sold-out theater. And to me, it was the audience that needed to be reached as. Like, this was a movie, not saying it was written for uh, young white people, but I'm happy that they're seeing it, they're accepting it. Like, it was at the Sundance, um, it was at Sundance Festival. It is now out. People are saying, it's, you know, it could be an award season contender, which is great. Um, it, was, it was directed by a person of color, co-written by a person of color. Oh, technically, uh, uh, was it Raphael is, is half white and half Hispanic, so... Stars people of color, which is great. Um, yeah, man, I'm just happy it exists. Like, I'm happy that... It, it, honestly, I'm just happy it exists. Uh, I wish I gravitated towards it a little bit more, but I, I can't knock this movie at all. Like, it, it did a great job in what it was trying to do. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think... I, I gave it a fist because David Diggs is... Uh, uh, dis- despite, uh, you know, any problems that might exist in the movie, I think that he's going to be pretty big... I think that he will be making more movies. Uh, hopefully, this is not his last, even, even though uh, this movie isn't a huge box office hit. I hope that it will get some uh, awards recognition. I don't know if it will, though, actually. And that is a little bit scary. And I think that any film that covers race and police injustice and gentrification and these types of social issues in an artistic, innovative, intelligent way like this film did, um, I think you got to give that movie props for helping the cause. So hopefully people go see it. If you haven't, please do. And that is it for us. You can follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Um, You can go there, check out show dates and things like that. If you are in New York, we perform on a team called Astronomy Club, and it is an improv team. We perform at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater uh, in New York City, uh, in the East Village. Uh, Our next performance is next Monday at 9 o'clock. We perform pretty much every Monday at 9 p.m. now, so come out and see that. 
And you can follow me personally at John Braylock, J-O-N-B-R-A-Y-L-O-C-K, johnbraylock.com. You can follow James if you want. You haven't <laughs> heard him. But uh, at James Third Comedy, uh, third is spelled three R D. So, you know, if you want to reach out to him, maybe one day when he gets uh, a phone that works. Yep. <laughs> Good goodness. Uh, Gerard, do you want people following you? Um, yes, you can follow me at Gerard Millingen on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, there's one, one person I want to shout out because I feel like he deserves it. Uh, was it Jeffrey Taylor Jr.? He did this dope photo of us as oh, uh, yeah. the Bebe's kids. It's that was awesome, super dope. Oh man, please fan art. Fo- follow that man. Like it, honestly, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and then if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We will read your review on the air. Uh, okay. Oh wow, we have a fair amount of reviews. Uh-oh. But here, I'll read this one. Uh, this is by Jackakks. <laughs> what was J A K A K K S K? The title is "The Cure to Boring Commute." Okay, wow. This is also an essay. I love it. People are writing. People I, people have gotten the hint. They're like, if I write an essay, they have to read the whole. <laughs> thing. Yeah, honestly, they got to read all of it. <laughs> they got to read. You guys, oh, here we go. Y'all are the best and absolutely hilarious. The highlight of my Tuesday, Wednesday mornings while getting ready and making my way to work. I enjoy listening to black men critically examine films starring black actors and how these movies deter or advance careers. Trader with Don Cheadle and Boomerang with Eddie Murphy are my favorite episodes yet. Keep up the good work. It would be cool if y'all did a Spike Lee series in anticipation of Black Klansmen. Well... Huh. We are going to do Black Klansman, and that's coming out next week, though. All right. Edit. For sure. One area of improvement. Let's stop assuming that all Latinos are people of color. Hmm. Wait, I hear, stop, uh, assuming, stop all assuming that all Latinos are people of color. I think, huh. well, it's interesting, like, like this like guy, Raphael, right? Like, he's white passing. It's an interesting conversation to have. I mean, not going to happen on this podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> I think an essay, I think a, th- a think piece should be written about uh, the idea of who we decide is or isn't people of color and if that's based off of. Because there are Latinos, to this person's point, for instance, say you're a Latina, you're like Argentinian, right? Uh, but you you look white and the reality is your ancestry is of European descent, but you speak Spanish. Are you a Latino? And, oh. I, and I think it's the same similar thing with like, you know, people like, you know, there are white Mexicans. You know what I mean? Like things like that. Like, uh, anyway, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Like Latino is something that's su- that's such a broad label, and yeah. Anyway, uh, during the Equalizer two episode, Dra insisted that Pedro Pascal is POC because he's from Chile and that he's just extremely light skinned and she's saying that this is false. It's equivalent to saying that David Yellowo is an extremely dark skinned Englishman and not a POC black just because he's from the UK. Wait, is that again? I think I don't know. Again, maybe I think they're saying something to the fact that like there are people who are from. South American or Latin American countries who speak Spanish, we consider them Latino, but they have European ancestry and they're not dark skinned. So, oh, like Shalice Theron is not a person of color, even though she's from Africa, right? Even though she's African. Oh, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. So yeah. I mean that. This is a. This I is, get it. That's yeah. interesting. 
okay. And then uh, I'll read one more, maybe. Because uh, this one is just says blind spotting. I don't think I read this one. Don't know if y'all will see this, but I love your opinions and I've been listening since the Creed episode. Please, please, please review the film Blind Spotting starring David Diggs. It is a beautiful film that isn't getting much press, and I'd love to hear what you got to say about it. Well, and this happened. That's what we did. Hopefully You're in luck. <laughs> you listened the whole way and listened to this. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for rating and reviewing. Please continue to do so. We will read your reviews on the air. Next week, we will be reviewing Black Klansman. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee film. Uh, and yeah. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll, and hopefully, James will have a working phone by then. We'll see you next week. Peace. That was a HeadGum Podcast.